episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me a Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving me a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterinthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. It's time for a ball. The Queens of the North were forced to do their third design challenge that resulted in some very questionable results. It's time to talk all things Candace Drag Race 3. And with me is someone who loves a good masked ball. It's Antonio Moore. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. Very excited to be judging a ball where I came from, ballroom culture. So I'm excited to see if these girls get my 10s or they get a chop. Yeah, um, there's a lot of chopping, I think, but... Um, wow. Third design challenge. Why would they do that to them? Very Drag Race season three design. Literally. (laughs) It's like we're following a formula. Um, eight episodes in finale next week. Good season or bad season? How are we feeling? I felt it was a pretty good season. Um, Mm -hmm. I liked it better than Canada, uh, season two. Um, but I don't know if it has the pizzazz that season one had. Um, yeah but i do enjoy the queens i think the queens have great uh great tv personas that they've been able to showcase and i do like especially in this episode some of the um talking points that they go over um throughout the episode but but i'm i'm enjoying the season can't say that i love it but i am enjoying it yeah i think and and people who have um sent me their opinions and wanted to have a conversation with me know how i feel about um how the judging is this season and i'm not happy i'm very 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 not happy um because it's clearly it was been projected from the beginning that's fine we know this is reality tv things are scripted things are decided ahead of time i get it but girl there have been some free passes and we got a lot more free passes this night right irma is gone vivian is feeling the victory but it's bittersweet irma had a good time and for a good time she's gonna leave that message for a crown for vivian Jada notes that this is the second person wanting Vivian to snatch the crown. And the producers heard that and said, that's not our fantasy. Mm. Fierce thinks that Chaos and Irma had wrong opinions that sent them home. And they're wrong if they think Vivian will win. Well, Fierce, maybe you're just a fortune teller. (laughs) Now that the lovable weirdo was gone, Giselle knew she was going to lip sync. She's turned it. And now there are five in the room and all of them are winners. It's a winner's circle. That's rare to get to this point and have everyone... Yeah, usually there's always one, um, for lack of a better word, ugly duckling in the room left at this point. And they're always, and it always either sets up that they're the next to go home or they're the next to win the challenge. So that was a very interesting point to to get to a a final five and everyone has at least won one challenge. And no one's dominating, which is nice. It's nice, unusual, but it's nice. Yeah. Jada said that Vivian deserved the win. Even Kimmy said that she knew Vivian was competition the minute she walked in. But Vivian will say that she is the only one that hasn't lip synced yet. Fierce tells her to not get comfortable. And Jada tells Fierce to not get feisty. And then Giselle wants to know how to cook a fish, cut the head first, and then put it on the grill because she's serving Fierce tonight. (laughs) The girls are going to get out of drag. And with Jada's peanut butter sister gone, um, Fierce is going to offer to twerk for her. So... We're going to have one of the most pointless fights ever where Kimmy says that she is a pancake to which Fierce says that Kimmy is a pancake. Then they go back and forth about having an hourglass shape and using padding and corsets and bras and padding. I'm over the two of them. It was just very catty. I was like, this is unnecessary. Like, go to the craft services table, get something to eat. This is yeah. just This is like fifth grade. Yeah, like oh, literally over nothing, starting to blow mm-hmm. up and be like, "Oh, I need to, I need to stop talking because the last time we got," and it was like, "Relax, 
I think what this also helps is um, for promoters, bookers, uh, don't book the two of them together because you're going to get the worst hosted show ever. Yep, most definitely. Not not a good duo. Very um, very rivals. Very rivals yeah. for nothing. Will Fierce and Kimmy get into a fight or will Fierce keep, Fierce keep her mouth shut for the first time? We'll find out soon. <laughs> it's the next day. The five arrive. Giselle is exhausted. Her body, her soul, and her heart. The competition is draining and Fierce is still feeling the choreo in her body. Jada, though, is feeling her age with all the aches and pains, but they're going to take her to the top. And I, I understand age, age is a number and age is a thing. My back hurts again. And I did jack shit. Jada's going to know that they're also different. Their drag, their personalities are different. Um, I mean, so much different that Fierce reminds them that she is beautiful and they're not. Oh, girl. Get over it. Tired. Vivian will ask Fierce what she'll do when she gets pores, and Jada will note that Fierce has pores now and pimples. And um, wow, these girls have had enough of Fierce. Um, those are stress pimples. I understand. At my old age, I still get stress pimples. Yeah, I think Fierce is. She gives very much Violet Chachki energy of like, I'm the only pretty one in the room, and I'm going to stir the pot about it all the time. Literally. The alarm gun is going to sound where Ruth says they better mask somebody what the next challenge is. Ha ha ha, we love a pun. Well, Brad is here to the rescue. He's going to note that they must have empty nest syndrome now that they're down to five. So he teases that he must know how their families are feeling. Cue the emotions. It's time uh. for some videos. I personally would have loved a makeover, but it is what it is. I actually thought it was going to be a makeover challenge based on the the little giveaway that they were going to be seeing family and then as soon as the tv turned on i went nope that's out the window if you had to get a video from anyone who would it be i would want it to be from my fiance um congratulations thank you biggest drag um husband supporter carries my suitcases for me tightens my corsets helps me um flesh out my ideas my concepts if i have a new number plan i run it by him because he'll tell me that's too that's too artistic the general audience is not going to enjoy it we find a balance just that would make make me feel so um fired up to push through the exhaustion that these girls are feeling that i'm i'm sure that they're feeling by this part of the race this leg of the race i love that yeah i mean it's that that's definitely giving very much uh, uh, adriana vibes from last season with yes. her partner mm-hmm all right. Well, first we have Giselle's partner, Hugo. Uh, we love love on the podcast. Maybe one day I will know what love is. But until then, he tells her that she he's so proud of her and she's so close to the crown. And Giselle is sobbing. Um, his eyes are bloodshot. He's going to tell her to bring the crown to Montreal, not just for him, but for Vicky, their dog. Vicky, their dog. dogs. Yeah. I, I'm expecting in my video for my fiance to have the three dogs as well. Aw. This is probably the most emotion we've seen from Giselle all season long. She says seeing him is seeing the love of her life and she's grateful and thankful to see him. She's ready to kill it more and more. Very, very pretty. Very, very nice to see. Yeah, him. it was a great moment. Um, I feel like Giselle's got a very buttoned up persona. And so it was mm-hmm. nice to, to see that little bit of softness. Next, we have Kimmy's mom, who is clearly learning how to send a video message in this moment. Um, she is so proud of her pretty daughter and I think it's important to note that she used the word daughter. Um, We rarely get that opportunity to hear a parent use language like that. And I think it was really super special and maybe it was lost on a lot of people, but um, this is good, 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 good progress. Yeah. That was Um, a great message. Um, I picked up on that as soon, uh, as soon as she said it, that she said daughter. Um, And I, it's, I understand the the experience of having validation from your parents as a BIPOC queer person. That is something, but the trans experience to be validated in the gender that you know you've been, um, that you've been, you know, identifying with for a long time and, and not being able to find language around it. And then finally being able to embody your truth and to have your birth parents um, acknowledge that is, it's a very special moment. And I'm glad we got to see that. Her mom tells her to think positive and do her best. And Kimmy says she came to Canada with her mom and siblings and she just worked just so they can survive. She is the reason why she's a performer. Lovely moment. Love that. Now we have Vivian's dad, who is such a goof and I can see where she gets it now. (laughs) 
Um, this was really precious. He is extra. And he tells her that she has more talent in her baby finger than most people have in their entire body. He tells her that she is not afraid and she's also the man. Okay, so we're going to work on that one. Fine. Yep. <laughs> um, he tells her that she's going to win this drag race 100%. And she's emotional and confessional, even though she's pursuing her dreams, being away from her family, it's allowed because they know it's what she wants. Yeah, um, very um, dad joke, dad mm-hmm. energy. <laughs> yeah. But it was very sweet, very sweet. Next is Jada's drag bestie, Baby Bell Bell. Uh, Baby Bell Bell is proud of her and thinks she can represent Canada's drag. She says she's the best drag queen in the entire world and thinks the other girls should be shitting themselves. She tells her that she represents so much joy. She has a heart of gold and she's got this. Jada tells us that chosen family is important because her family is Salon Barbados. She tells Bell Bell, says that Bell Bell is her family to her. So she's been there emotionally and financially. And she even put a look on for her. That it seemed that, like that. some of the other girls knew Belle Belle as well. Yeah, it seemed like that was, you know, she popped up and everyone was a little familiar with her. Um, yeah, that's that's a really special that someone who you're very close with takes the time to get in drag to shoot a 60 second video. That's- Literally. Um, come on, season four. She'll be yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, it's Miss Fierce Delicious's mom. She misses her and tells her that she is gifted and special. She is proud of her and tells her to have fun. And she is always loved just the way she is. And we get to see her dog, Luna. Uh, we love doggies. Yeah. Fierce will share that when she started drag, her parents didn't understand it all. But she is glad that they have come to accept her and appreciate it. She says it was challenging growing up in a religious family. And she has waited her whole life to hear this from her mom. Beautiful. That's special. I love that. Who? was the most impactful when it comes to a winner's story? In terms of a winner's story, I feel like Giselle was the most impactful. It was a lengthy message. It was a very emotional message. And we got to see Giselle really emote. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just felt, it felt the most sincere in terms of a narration from producers. I agree. Well, now that the emotions are unmasked, Brad welcomes them to the Masquerade Ball. Alexa, play Masquerade from the Phantom of the Opera. Um, also, missed opportunity to call this the Masquerade, but fine, we're going to do the gender thing instead. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> um, very interesting that we are now on season three of Canada's Drag Race and we're still going to play with genders. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is about Canada, but they just they enjoy keeping on, keeping on. Mm-hmm. In this Maxi Challenge, they will each present three runway looks. First is the gender fuckery drag with category Mask for Mascara. Second is Mistress of Disguise with category Incognito. And third, they will start with a masquerade mask as they can use fabric from the Fabricland wall. They have to create a garment for a high drag affair. Plus, they have access to body padding from our friends, Planet Pepper, and stunning drag jewels from Ant Accessories. And listeners, the man behind Ant Accessories, Devin, will be my guest for the finale next week. Yeah. Why? Because he made the crowd. <laughs> We're uh, very excited for that. Um, Brad will tell them to use their mask for inspiration, be creative, and bring it to the ball. As the winner of last week's Master Challenge, Vivian will choose the masks for everyone. She's going to give the pink feather mask to Kimmy, purple to Fierce, gold to Jada, white for Giselle, and the black and white for Vivian. Which mask would you have chosen? I would have chosen Giselle's mask. It just mm-hmm. had a lighter sense to it. Um, it wasn't th- the the coloration of it. You could play with a lot of things. Absolutely. It, you know, it's not very, very much towards any kind of a color palette. Um, so it had more playroom. And I think the concept around it was just a little more free than a lot of the other masks. I agree. Jada puts her hat on from week one to remind them that she was in the top of the hat. Lest we forget what was on your head for the second design challenge. Yes. Girl, you're good at editing what the reality is. Yes. Kimmy thinks that Miss Fierce Licious is shaking. Uh, Cut to Fierce asking Giselle to make her an outfit. And Giselle says that she will in real life because she can charge. And Fierce will offer $5,000. So she's literally trying to be Alaska Thunderfuck in this moment. Yep. Before taxes, before taxes. Literally. Vivian is feeling solace that she is one of two seamsters left in the competition. Jade is going to be sewing a base garment. Fierce will too. And Jade is like, finally, you're sewing a base garment. And Fierce is offended. She's like, 
I sewed my first outfit. And Jada's like, but your second. And she's like, fine, I made a panty. Why does she not just go back to her and be like, what about your second outfit, bitch? What the fuck was that? Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of talk from people who maybe had one good moment, but lest they forget, there was another design mm-hmm. as well. With three hot glue gun girls left, Kimmy thinks she is good with the glue gun because she was at the top with one of them. Um, how are you when it comes to sewing and glue gunning? Which is your preference? Um, I prefer sewing over glue gunning. Um, I think I can do a better job at making cleaner lines with an actual machine. Um, the The real issue with sewing, and, and if I were to be on Drag Race, I'm going to do a Bob the Drag Queen. You have your patterns, you know what works, and you bring them. And that's what you base everything off of. Don't try to break the mold and try something new at yep. Drag Race. There's too much going on. But I think it's important to have knowledge about what fabrics work, what fabrics stretch, mm-hmm. what fabrics are going to be difficult to construct with. And I think only a, a person who's really good with sewing would know that because also that does impact hot glue, how things stick to certain things. And I, I prefer to sew, but I think a lot of your success on Drag Race is just, do you know the fabric that you're working with? What's so funny to me as someone who's watching all the shows, you have Canada's Drag Race where Brooklyn's like, sew everything, it needs to be sewn. You go over to Drag Race Philippines and they were encouraged to use a glue gun. Yeah. Insane. Crazy. That being said, they were also using plants and flowers and leaves, but a little little different. different. (laughs) Speaking of, Pierce is inspired by the flowers on her mask, and she's going to be making a gorgeous velvet gown with flowers and applique as appliques. We love velvet in this house. Um, yes. If you wear velvet, there is a good chance I will ask to pet you because oh, it's so nice. Yes, uh, I love a good velvet velvet gown. Hi, but it's nice. Yes. Fierce is going to ask Giselle to help with the pattern, but she's going to make the gown on her own. Vivian, though, has got a jacket. She's got ruffles. She's thinking of tails coat when she thinks of masquerade. She's going to go asymmetrical off the shoulder with a pant that has an asymmetrical moment. She's thinking avant-garde. And the producers in this moment are like, yeah, do that, do that. So then the judges <laughs> are mad. Kimmy really wanted the black and gold mask, uh, but she's got the feather one, so she's going to go festive. Um, get ready for that word, festive. Yep. Giselle's going to be doing full gown with her look. She wants big shoulders and something dramatic. Uh, she will play with color and you know what? That that mint, stunning color. Beautiful color. I own a mint ruffle coat and it's- Yes, one you of do. Uh, I love the color mint. It's just such a divine and regal color to work with. Oh, I love it. She's going to be going for a Cinderella and fairy godmother had a baby. Um, okay. Didn't see that uh, relationship happening, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll go with that couple. <laughs> um, she's determined to win her third challenge with the other girls only having one win, which I was like, oh, that would be a fun statistic to go into the finale with. And yeah. the producer said, we're not going to let that happen nope. either. Nope. We're going to watch as Jada shows her black and gold mat with her black and gold mask to make it regal and grand. She wants to give you extravaganza. Fierce and Jada are now seamsters. Jada is so professional that she's got the wristband on. Give the girl a cookie. She's doing it. She's doing it. She's she's trying to turn it out. She is the turn up queen, so. She is. Do you have one of those little wristbands? I do. I do. Um, I usually, uh, I'll work with it ever so often. Um, I wear a lot of jewelry, so it just depends. Mm-hmm. But I do have one of those wristbands, yes. We're going to watch Giselle give a little bit of feedback, um, but she has a lot of work to do. And this is going to be the trend of this episode because storyline, important. Well, who's been masking for trouble? Fierce Alicious, who's going to be asking Brad to make her outfit the second he walks through that door. Um, and we're going to learn a little bit of uh, insight on uh, Brad Goreski. He can't sew. Nope, he cannot. Oh my gosh, the irony, judging a, a competition and a challenge that's based on sewing. And so funny. Could you imagine if Tim Gunn was like, I can't sew, but I'm going to tell you what to do. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Girl. Well, Fierce is going to join Brad first. She is planning to use fabrics as flowers for the hips. She has chain for the hips and the arms. She's going to show him what she started. And he asks if her sewing has gotten better. And she believes it has. Um, he's not mad at what she's thrown down so far. 
He will ask her if she's been helped out, and she does admit that Giselle helped uh, with the patterns. He wants to know if she'll be able to get to a place where it looks polished. And she says, that's what hot glue guns are for. Okay. <sighs> okay. Kimmy, uh, she's going to arrive uh, with her yellow bodice and train, and then she's going to have some feathers on the train. No bra and panties. Uh, she's very conscious of no bra and panties. Yes. Brad tells her that everyone has their style, but he tells her that in a competition like this, she has great grasp of fashion. They just want versatility. She promises she will deliver and they're going to eat it up. Everyone's eating nowadays. Can we retire that phrase? I don't like it. I eat too much um, already. It, it's very, very 80s, 90s from ballroom culture, but I think it's, I think it's time we leave it in the ballroom culture and yeah it's, it's just one of those things where i feel like it's just being used out of term yeah the, there's the being used out of context yeah, yeah yeah um yeah not everyone can eat all right jada will give ball with her black base and then she shows that she'll be doing fans with spray painted black and gold cardboard and brad is like can you make it not a black dress with fans attached to it maybe please uh, and then she's like a deer in headlights and wants the opulence and drama and, and elevation. But she's going to have a vision. She can't explain it, but you're going to see it. Uh, I really wish they um, played the That's a Raven uh, theme song in that moment. Oh, she's got a vision. No, yeah, no. I was full when she was explaining the fans. And I'm going to make them out of cardboard. I said, nope. I said, chat. Yep. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yep. Yep. Vivian and her many things arrive, and Brad is so excited. She's got options. When Brad notices the vest, she tells him that when thinking about the most dramatic thing, it's tail, coat, and ruffles, like Liberace. She tells him about the spikes and how it would be chic to do a leotard bottom. She's going to paint an image to Brad, but Brad is not liking it. He asks her if she is there to perform or is she showing up as a guest, and Vivian understands that she wants to be a guest. She wants to be the queen of the masquerade ball. She knows they want more. They want her to be bigger and bolder. She believes the fabric that she's chosen is hella bold and alone will be enough to be a showstopper. Sad. Sadness. Sadness in the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And finally, bonjour to Giselle and her big shoulder and flowy shoulder. Brad notes that it seems ambitious and she's like, that's me. He will ask Giselle if she's been using her time wisely, and she shares that, yes, she has been helpful to others, but she's just a girl who can't say no. She will explain, but she won't do it for them. He tells her to remember that they are in the final five. She should be saying yes to the crown and no to the distractions. Um, As I say, eyes on the fries, a.k.a. poutine, because she's (laughs) French-Canadian. I haven't had poutine in a long time. I'm really hungry now. I had poutine... Maybe about a month ago, uh, Jersey Lucky City, a, a great spot called Worst Bar that they do a good, good poutine. Um, yeah, it it was, it's irksome. I love a good, generous, sweet helper queen, but it's also like you're in the top five, girl, and we'll get to the issue with this garment. Um, that was a, it was not a skill issue. It was a time issue, and I think mm-hmm. that she said no to some of these girls, then she might have gone that extra mile. But Yeah. Well, before he departs, he tells them that joining them is extra special guest judge Leslie Hampton. She is a designer, and I have zero idea who she was. How about you? Um, I have as much knowledge about her as the girls in the workroom. Literally. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> After Red leaves, pitter-patter, uh, let's just get at um, what they got to do. Vivian is going to make pants. She's ambitious. We're going to watch Giselle as she steams her lined gown to help support the shoulder, only to find out I melted it all away. Science is hard. That was, oh my gosh. The second, and I saw it, it was, um, can't think of what the material is, but I've used it in garments and it's meant to be ironed on or pressed on. You should never steam it. And the second it was starting to get steamed and I saw how it was pulling apart. I said, nope, 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 nope. Stop, stop, stop. She's freaking out and we'll have to start over and she won't admit it, but she didn't burn it. She combusted it. Okay, time to improvise. Meanwhile, with the seamstress designer, Jada, she has discovered she has sewn the entire thing. There's no head, girl. Sealed it. Tight. 
So she's going to snip, snip to make a hole for her head. And I was like, oh, now it makes sense why you put that other thing on top of it. Because you didn't actually make a nice hole. Yep. But now it's Glaugan time as Giselle will guide Kimmy with her tool draping. And when Giselle is like, you have more. And Kimmy's like, no. She thinks it's too much work. So she's going to scrap that idea and go with the cardboard feather idea. Now, Giselle will remind her that Kimmy, um, Chaos went home. And Chaos is watching this being like, this show's rigged. <laughs> Kimmy's going to think that she's going to make it work. And we're going to find out if she's right. Oh, poor Chaos. I liked Chaos. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, anytime Drag Race, unless, and it, it was brought up in the judge's comment, unless it's an unconventional item or like season eight, you're being told to make with books, any kind of, and even then, cardboard of any kind is a very no-no for a Drag Race runway. Yeah. All right, it's time for the ball. I want to have a ball. Let's go to a ball. Um, they're also ready because they love balls. Um, yeah. Drink anytime they say the word ball. Jada shares that ball culture is very important to the community, and Giselle wishes it was taught in school. But girl, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We can't even say yeah. gay in some hellish states at the moment. Mm-hmm. Vivian says that she wishes she knew about the good gay shit when she was in school, and Fierce follows it up that there was a lot she didn't know about queer culture because she was so sheltered. She was not outgrowing and outgaying herself and she had a lot of internalized homophobia that she didn't even want to educate herself on which i feel like a lot of people have gone through. yeah i feel like um there's usually the most common we see are either two either you were very flamboyant sometimes out sometimes not you got bullied for it that was kind of your experience potentially or the other one was you were a dl guy very mask pretending and there was a little bit of that internalized homophobia that you projected outwards anytime someone questioned your your masculinity so it's a especially coming from uh south texas more more the latter i knew a lot of i knew a lot of men that uh (laughs) behaved in that way now vivian shares that there are so many things applicable in life that they don't learn in school like safe sex practices for queer people uh, could you fucking imagine if that happened? Oh my god! Oh, and, and I will say, it's it's very very necessary. I don't think coming from the south, I didn't even know about the HIV AIDS crisis until mm-hmm. I moved to New York, and someone you know took the time to say, "Oh, you don't know what happened here. Let me educate you and and give you some background," because. It's not taught in in any type of education system, um, especially down in the South. I feel like I was taught very, very bare bones base about AIDS. And it was in in the same category as all just STIs and all that stuff. Um, But could you imagine if, if they taught butt stuff? Straight people do butt stuff too. They do. Straight people enjoy anal. They They do. do. I know they do. Now, the discussion of consent is brought up as Kimmy will reveal that when she was 18, she experienced being raped for the first time. And as she will say, uh, this was not the last time either. She said it happened in a car, but she couldn't run because she didn't know where she was. She shares it was unprotected and she could have caught something from it. She was desperate to find love and someone who would accept her, but all the men see trans women and fetishize them. She says that they lure her in, get aggressive, and do everything they want to do to her. She says it's sad as many trans women will just let things happen or they might end up beat up or found dead. It's a very sad and very unfortunate truth. It's really interesting to hear Kimmy talk about it because you can tell she's someone who's still damaged by it. Yeah. um, I I was happy that we got to see... um, this moment um, be televised about an issue that doesn't get talked about enough, which is that trans um, trans individuals, but um, specifically trans women are still very much under attack um, all the time. You know, we, we lose a lot of trans women on a daily basis and that hostility is kind of imbued in that culture, um, you know, from as far back as we can remember where, it is fetishized and straight men tend to 
have that internalized confusion about their sex sexuality and it turns into anger and hostility and at the snap of you know uh, a finger they can turn to being very uh very rageful and very harmful to these trans women and it's it's very very sad um but it was nice for Kimmy to be able to feel comfortable enough and open up and share that story because I think it's an important story that not only um, will resonate with a lot of trans individuals who have walked that path, but I think it'll open a lot of eyes to the other letters in our community to say there's still a lot of violence happening towards trans individuals and we need to um, band together and, and protect them. Vivian is heartbroken to hear her story and feels like this should not be happening. She was in a situation like that and it took her many years to fully process it. Kimmy doesn't like when someone feels sorry for her, which is why she rarely shares her story. She's not a weak person. Um, it does make you weak. And as Giselle says, if something happens to you, you have to tell someone because you don't want to end up thinking it was your fault. It's never your fault. Kimmy is glad to have let it out and it's a big weight that has been lifted off of her. And now we will watch the queens put their beards on as they wonder how they're going to go from face to face. But hey, welcome to the Drag Race Ball. Welcome to Drag Race. We head to the main stage as we see Brooklyn looking like Hollywood royalty. I love this nude and gold and blonde hair. Very sexy look. Yeah, very gorgeous. Um, I know the reference was uh, Marilyn Monroe, but mm -hmm. I got more Amanda Lepore and I loved it. That's fair. We have Brad Goreski, Tracy Melcher, and Leslie Hammond. Did I think that was Shelazon doing Snatch Game? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes, I agree. We're going to go from category to, get to category, and we will talk about each look. Category one is Mask for Mascara. In honor of the runway, we will play Butch or Bitch. Giselle Lullaby, look by Pascal Gilbert. She is giving you Jean-Paul Gaultier, inspired with a very androgynous feel. Um, after watching Drag Race France, I see it, I appreciate it, but after watching Drag Race France, bitch needed to step it up. She has the signature blue and white striping. The sailor hat is there, the sleeves with the tats, very smart addition. I know I'm not a fashion expert, but I did not care for the nude piece. It was a little bit more of a distraction. I'm sure it was a reference to something, but not for me. Yeah, it was a reference, um, Jean-Paul Gaultier, and I didn't like it. I didn't. There was something about it that just didn't feel elevated enough. It felt very pedestrian. I said, you got that shirt off of Amazon. Yeah, you stoned it, but you got the shirt off of Amazon. Um, you're doing tattoo sleeves, but you haven't fit the sleeve to make your arms look more muscular or large to imbue that masculinity. I didn't like the fit of the pants. I thought the pants were a little drab and I just thought that nude midsection just separated. Didn't like it. It was, um, it was a bitch for me. Brad says she gave them three very different experiences. He loved the Gautier inspired look. Tracy says it was French and fabulous and very fun. I'll give it the softest of soft butches. And the audience, they, they gave it a little more love. 76% butch, 24% bitch. Next up, Kimmy Couture, look by Cyril Cinder. It may not be a bra and panties, but it's a pants and pasties. Mm -hmm. Probably the same amount of fabric at the end of the day. That being said, I love the crushed blue velvet. Very sexy and plays with the gender roles very well, being a pants and cape. The hair is stunning. The beat with the beard serving. I just don't care for these sleeves. Why, are, why is everyone doing these long sleeve thingies? Yeah, I didn't enjoy the sleeves and I didn't enjoy the way she sold the garment with the sleeves. There was no accentuation using the arms. It felt like she was trying to keep the arms to give that draped effect, which I do yeah. understand. But yeah, the sleeves were a little off and I would have chosen a different belt. I think I have that belt from Amazon and yeah. Brad was excited to see her wear pants in the first look. Tracy loved the Salvador Dali mustache and says it was spot on. Brooklyn will know that as a trans woman, it might've been a bit dysphoric for her. She says it was, and Brooklyn gives her props. So maybe if the host of the show is saying that, maybe you shouldn't do the category. Exactly. I'll give it a butch. I will give it a butch as well. Audience, 80% butch, 20% bitch. Next up, Miss Fierce Alicious. Look by Lucinda Mew, hair by Stefan Scott de Cesar, nails by Funeral Face Nails. This was exquisite. She knocked it out of the park. Love the nod to Matthew Anderson. This mint and the pink, brilliant color combination. 
She is playing with gender so well with the pastels and the stoning and then bam, that back, that thong is to die for. Perfect, perfect. Absolute tens across the board. This is what I expect to see at a ball, especially top five. Just attention to detail, colors, ideas, concepts that reveal at the end, even the detailing in that, the stoning of, of the, the undergarments, beautifully done. 100% butch. I agree. Brad says, what she managed to do throughout all three of her looks shows them the versatility. Every look was different vibe. Brooklyn says it was beautiful look and paid tribute to a queer icon in the drag community. She loved the color palette and the peekaboo moment. I will give it a butch. 100% butch. It should have been 100% butch, but no, no. 97% butch, 3% bitch. One person ruins it for everybody. Vivian Vanderpuss, no designers listed. Dare we say that this was too smart for the runway? Uh, this feels like an exploration you would play with. I feel like this, this was your vibe. Yeah. Um, yes, the blues do not match. Yes, that makes me very sad. Sure, it's not skin tight latex. The concept is in line with who Vivian is. The execution needs to be as precise as she is as an artist. Yeah, it was just a little off in terms of that color coordination, the detailing of the fit. I feel like this was something that uh, no designers were listed, but that they only had a chance to try on and make to make sure it fit before they flew. They didn't get to do a, an adjustment in a second video. Yeah. But the concept itself, I love. Very William mm-hmm. Shakespeare, very um, French aristocracy meets kink play. I loved it. I loved it. Um, Tracy says she enjoyed her love of nostalgia. She says she took modern latex and brought it into the past and was a nice fusion. Brad appreciated the feeling of it, but wanted the latex to be tighter. He says it looked baggy. Yeah, it did, but I'll still give it a butch. I give it a butch, though. Audience, 68% butch, 32% bitch. And finally, in this category, we have Jada Shada Hudson. Look by Leland, hair by Ophelia Manson. I do not care if the pinstriping is stunning. It did not fit her. She was literally about to bust at the seams in the jacket. If you are going to critique Vivian for something ill-fitting, then Jada deserved the same. I really thought she was about to pop a, pop a button, but alas, the front was zippered. This is drag. It would have been a moment if it fit, but it did not. Yeah, Where are you feeling I, on this one? I really liked it. I really, really liked the concept, but it was missing... It was missing something. Um, it's not the first time we've seen pinstripes, stone pinstripes on the runway. Right. Um, so it was missing something. And maybe it was that under the the coat is just a plain white t-shirt and a, a red tie. Um, yeah, it was just missing an element of extra of, of a serve because stones, it being stone is baseline for what we expect. I agree. Tracy says, well done, giving three different sides of Jada. She gave them all the Chicago swag, Big Daddy slash Mama. Brooklyn was very angry because she saw it and said, great, she can't do that herself. She loved the grill reveal. It's a bitch to me. It's a soft butch for me. Audience, 69% butch, 31% bitch. Category is Incognito. In honor of the runway, we are going to play tap or block. Giselle, look by Veronica Rocket. Don't ask me what this schoolgirl look was. Um, I was quite disturbed by it. But then she kicks off her boots, take the jacket away. Bam, she's ready to go dancing. I wish there was more of a story between part one and part two. I feel like if the hair was blonde and not pink, I would have called it a knockout. I do love the cascading ruffle ombre from red to yellow. Very sexy tool. I like pieces of it, but not the full package. Yeah, I liked the garment for the most part. I thought some of the the red up top is a little too busy. It could have been simplified. Mm -hmm. The train and the beautiful ombre of uh, strong fire colors. I love that. The pink wig was a no for me. The second I saw it, I said, that's, it's a different color palette. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't help push that narrative. And yeah, I didn't, the, the transition was a very confusing story the first to the second look, she got caught up in the costumes, so it created some reveal issues, but it was very much Esther from from Orphan in that mm-hmm. first look coming out. Um, I will give it a soft tap. 
Brad says she did the reveal and they saw the drag queen come out and it was really fun. He says the reveal was a tiny bit clunky. Brooklyn gives her props for not getting upset and made a joke out of it. I will give it a very soft tap as well. And the audience, 83% tap, 17% block. Kimberly Couture, no designers listed. Uh, this runway was part one of why I think she deserved to go if she had not given the story early in the episode. Mm-hmm. She walks out as a blank profile and then she's a club kid. So like the ad challenge, Kimmy and executing a concept are piss poor pairing. She will make reference to how Grinder and similar apps are, there are people who oppose femme or Asian or you have what you have, whatever, then do that and tell a story, go full reference, like show you, like this is what the moment was. At the end of the day, this feels like she ran out of pre-production money and used whatever was decent in her closet for this category. Yeah, this was this was not the category. Not at all. Um, big chop for me. I just, a missed opportunity. Very missed opportunity. But hey, it's not a bra and panty. <laughs> I, I might have preferred a bra and panty. At least it would have been a little more true to her. Brad says he can't figure it out. Kimmy says that on dating sites, there's a thing called incognito, which becomes private and in disguise. Brad will ask her who was coming out from behind the dating app. And Kimmy says her. Brooklyn is like dressed as a clown. Brad will say that it was her opportunity to show brawn panties. And he says it missed the mark despite her showing versatility. For me, it is an absolute block. Absolute block without a second thought. Audience, 59% tap, 41% lock. Miss Fiercealicious. Hair by GL Walton. Village Girl Look by Givarce. Josephine Baker Outfit by Suki Doll. And Nails by Funeral Face Nails. This is how you do a story. She comes out in a stunning Village Girl Look with the basket on her head, and then she rips it away becomes Josephine Baker the Spy. Both looks on their own would have been strong, but this was a great story. The Gold Bananas, I will take a bunch. Um, Flawless. Perfect. The references were on point. The choice of style, the transitions. This was well thought out and I have no complaints. Tracy will say that the cultural reference was big term, meaning reference to the Black community in West Indies and Africa. And the reveal was beautiful as Josephine Baker was an inspiration and hero. She gave her layers and dimensions in fashion and drag. It is an absolute tap for me. Absolute tap. Fire emoji tap. Audience, 86% tap, 14% block. Vivian Vanderpuss. Look by Jenny Mummery, hair by Vivian. Storytelling is key, and she told a story. What she didn't do was give fashion, and sadly, Brooklyn Heights hates campy queens, so this was not going to be appreciated by her. The reveal from chef to the waiter was brilliantly camp. Could the reveal have been cleaner? You bet. Do I wish Remy the Ratatouille was in her hat? I sure do believe it could have been. That would have been the reveal. It's a cute look. It's not one that's going to be remembered. But throughout this competition, Vivian was unapologetically her. Faulting her for being campy vintage queen feels pointed. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of this outfit. And mainly because it felt very generic. It didn't Mm -hmm. feel like there were strong choices. Especially in a ball, fashion is being looked at. And I think her choosing maybe a skirt that was a little more penciled in. Or something a little more flirty rather than a longer skirt. Um, The top could have been a bit more flattering. Um, Yeah, there just would have been a better way to elevate this out of it looking so costumey. But Mm -hmm. I would have, I didn't even think of that, but chef's kiss, if a little rat was there at the top of her wig, that would have, that would have sold me. Yes. I'm sure uh, they would have been sued by Disney, but it's okay. It's true. Brooklyn will say that she's finding with all her presentation, there's always a ta-da, and she's not, if she's not ta-daing, she's skipping. But let's remember, Kimmy wore bra and panties four times and did that same walk. I mean, literally a one, two, three, four, side by side. So there's a double standard going on. But Brooklyn liked the look and found it very fun and very quintessential her. She wants her to be serious and serve them a look. Vivian will say that in her head, she feels like she's walking like Miss Vanjie with her walk. And Brooklyn's like, no, she walks like a pony. I'll give this a very, very soft tap. Um, like you ne- wouldn't even feel a tap. Yeah, this would be a block for me. Not a, not a quick block, but I would block it. Audience, 71% tap, 29% block. And finally, in this category, Jada Shada Hudson. Look by Diana DeNoble. Uh, no, 
Black dress a silver dress. She's a drag queen turned into a drag queen. I think her confidence is something I wish I had, but I would never want the delusion. Very off-putting. Love the hair. It's the best hair she's worn all season. I think the um, because while it may not be huge, there's just dimension to it. The high pony with the mirror scrunchie feels correct. Um, beautiful hair. Not the category. Not the category. Literally. This is definitely something she already had in her wardrobe. Yeah, she she had this and she said, um, sure, let's go with it. Because, yeah, this was not the category in the slightest. It was not anything incognito. And the actual garment wasn't that flattering either. Brooklyn says she was supposed to reveal into a drag queen, but she got drag queen who revealed into a slightly more reflective drag queen. It's a block for me. It's a block for me as well. Audience, 17%. Tap, 83% block. And finally, category is Masquerade Eleganza. And in honor of this runway, we are going to play New Orleans or New Borleans. Giselle, I love this color so much. It is brilliant on her. I would have gone blonde over the red, but I think that's nitpicking. There's so much drama. The jewels she selected are divine. The shoulders are the stars here. And the fact that she will be called out for the hem, we understand why. Yeah, um, I actually don't mind the hair color as much. I mind the the style of the hair. It, Absolutely. I think something with volume would have just added mm-hmm. to the extravagance of the look. Love the color choice. Uh, love the, the billowy sleeves and the choice to really make something just feel opulent and elegant. And for me, one of the few people that gave true ball in terms of masquerade ball. Mm-hmm. But yeah, messy hem girl, messy hem at the that's the first thing I caught on the runway. I was like, girl, that takes it'll it'll take you five, ten minutes max to just hem it all just real quick, half inch hem, but she ran out of time. But I think this is very, very New Orleans. I think if she also did not do the Cinderella slipper reveal, maybe the hem thing would have not been as prevalent. But when you focus on the bottom, you're going to talk about the bottom. Right. Leslie is in love with the look. She loves the shoulder detail where it doesn't feel heavy, but it was structured and still had a silhouette. Brad wishes the hem was tidier. He asks if she ran out of time and she said she tried her best and the keyword there is her best. Brooklyn says it's 90% beautifully made and it is a New Orleans for me. Audience agrees. 87% New Orleans, 13% New Orleans. Kimmy Couture. She hot glued pink feathers to a bodysuit. This is reason number two she should have gone home. This is a design challenge, and she showed why most people go home for trash like this, unless your name is Kimmy Couture or Jada, Jada Hudson. It's not finished. Just saying. There is nothing redeeming about the outfit. Maybe the hair. Um, No. Not even the hair for me could have saved that. It was, yeah. It was, for me, I would have even let her walk on the floor of a ball. She would have been chopped coming out of the the entranceway. Nope. Terrible. The concept was, it might have been something if she would have kept going with that tool, but this Mm -hmm. cardboard feathers, it being unfinished in the back, the tailoring being off accessorized in a strange way it was a total total uh total new Orleans for me leslie says she's reading more unconventional material challenge than a design challenge she would have loved her to go all in on the pink if she loves the pink feathers brad was expecting a little bit more after their talk she says it didn't work out and this was her second outfit yep new Orleans for me and the audience fully agrees 28 percent new orleans 17 percent new Orleans. Miss Fiercealicious. I think the dress is exciting and beautiful. She picked the right material for a simple dress. Appliques are great. Really did give the look a little more depth. I don't love the blonde hair or the makeup, but I know there was limited time, so this was probably partial holdovers from her face. This was a congrats, you're not a hot glue gun girl week. It's safe, but this was good enough for her. Yeah, I really liked the... The fabric choice, the style, the cut, the embellishments. I thought it was all beautiful. But for me, this said cocktail party. This said red carpet. It did not say masquerade to me. Mm -hmm. That was the only thing. This felt a little too... She's She's at the event, 
but she's not hosting the event. She's not sure. the main feature of the event. So Leslie says she loves the attention to detail and how she brought every element of the mask and brought it into the work. Brad thinks it was smart to lean into a simple glamorous silhouette and the added details and the added details were smart and meaningful. What they got was something they could see on the red carpet. Brooklyn says it's stunning. Fierce will offer to make her one, which Brooklyn declines, and she's going to ask Giselle to make her one instead. I'll give it to New Orleans. I'll give it to New Orleans, too. Audience, 84% New Orleans, 16% New Orleans. Vivian Vanderpuss. Um, before we get into the piece she designed, it should be noted that the judges had a preconceived notion of what they expected here. They said gender roles are part of the challenge. We want a gown. That's not what Vivian did. Again, Vivian is camping. This is camping, especially if someone walked into a ball with this, that's camp. She stayed true to herself, designed something detailed and extravagant. The jacket was perfection. The pants were tailored exceptionally well, though the silver on the side kind of did veer into tracksuit. Mm -hmm. um, she was painted the softest we've ever seen her paint. I'm upset. She's not my winner pick, but this is drag I respect and I seek out. Um, I I was a bit let down about the the level of it when she was talking about spikes coming off of the shoulder. I thought they were going to be a lot grander, a lot bigger. Mm -hmm. um, that tail coat, I was envisioning a long floor length tail coat, maybe a small train that came behind her. There, it just felt a little. This is a great outfit for someone, a regular person to wear. However, I want to see the drag version of this who is the drag sure. queen that goes to the masquerade. Um, I thought it was well-constructed, well-put-together. The gray was a little offsetting. And I also thought, I get her mask was black and white primarily, but I would have liked some infusion of color to just help brighten the look up. Mm -hmm. It just read very dark except for the hair. Leslie loves the look and the asymmetry of the shoulder collar detail as it mirrors the mask. She loves the pant for the masquerade. Tracy says she constructed a beautiful pant, but would love to see a little bit more drama for the ball. Brad says she looks great, but she looks very kind of flat. He says it came out really well and shows that she's a great seamstress. Brooklyn says it needed something else in another dimension to give it that grandeur that they think of masquerade ball. I'm going to go New Orleans with this. I'm going to go a soft New Orleans. And the audience, right in the middle, 50-50. Very, very mixed and finally jada shada hudson congrats you got a free pass that you sewed something not fair but it happened she was smart to remove the fans but darling she glued tools to the front of a black dress the shoulders like giselle's are the star of the, the feature um the material she selected extraordinary gold lips it's a no for me dog uh, i'm not blown away by someone who didn't learn to sew before getting on drag race but She's been given a lot of free passes because she figured out how to do a base dress. Yeah, it the brocade sleeves, beautiful. Everything else is a chop. Um, the fabric choice looks cheap. Um, and the tool being spread across looks eh. It yeah. looks meh. Brad is so glad she did not do the fans because he knew it would be a disaster waiting to happen. He knows she can't sew, but thinks she did a really good job. Brooklyn loves the drape that goes across the body. It's, it's a beautiful waterfall. She says it looks regal. Leslie is getting the masquerade vibe from the tool and the brocade as they are perfect fabric choices. She was less of a fan of the jersey knit, but thinks it's a smart choice knowing she doesn't know how to sew. She's getting royalty vibe. I'm going to give it the softest um, New Orleans. Yeah, it's a very soft New Orleans for me. Audience, very much there. 54% New Orleans, 46% New Orleans. Now, before they head to the workroom, Brooklyn tells them that it is the final elimination before the finale. Um, not that I had a guest lined up for an episode before the finale, but thanks, Brooklyn. We'll go with it. The girls are gagging that the finale is next week, and there will be four of them. And Giselle congrats, congratulates Fierce and Jada for not being glue gun girls anymore. She's really proud. Jada thinks a hot glue gun girl will take it home. She's proud of her look and thinks it's one of the best books she's brought to Drag Race, even though she didn't actually bring it. Mm -hmm. Before they can savor the moment, Fierce points out that there is hot glue on Jada's gown. She will tell the camera to zoom in on it, to which Jada says, zoom in on your face. And Fierce says, it's gorgeous. And Jada will tell her that she's so ugly sometimes, both inside and out. Yeah, the girls are fighting. Girls are fighting. 
Jada is mad that she pointed it out, and while Fierce will try to defuse it, saying she hot glued gun too, it's the fact that she had to bring it up when it was never addressed on the runway. I get it. I get it. You that that's just not something you do. But I think Viv, uh, uh, Fierce is just that kind of person where she thinks she's being fun and playful, and it's it's just like sisters being sisters. Yeah, I'm certain Fierce thinks that it's it's jokey, but I can see her poking the bear. <laughs> Vivian is not feeling great. For the first time in Drag Race history, Vivian Vanderpuss was in the bottom as the judges were not in love with her runways. It's breaking her brain. She feels it was lost in translation, and I think so, too. She's, she's a very specific kind of artist. She thinks her look is amazing, and Jada will tell her that they wanted grand and eleganza and ball and drag. Um, it's fair, I guess. Yeah. She's lost for words and knows she's going to have to lip sync. And Kimmy, though, is very upset that she was red. She was expecting it from the design challenge look, but wasn't expecting the second one, as she's literally dressed as the meaning of incognito. Sorry, girl, you missed the story they expect you to tell. It's the yeah, reveal, no. not the first part that they were focusing on. Yeah, no, girl. It was a miss. Delusion. Fierce, Fierce does agree that the judges um, say that it is confusing, and if you have to explain it on the runway, you didn't complete the assignment, which is something you loyal listeners know I've said many, many times. If you have to explain it in confessional, it didn't work. Yeah, no. Vivian doesn't want to lip sync against Kimmy. They haven't had tension, but Vivian says that she's feeling like she's sitting on a secret as no one has seen her perform or knows what she does. And I say that's producer-fed line because they saw her in the lip sync duet challenge, but shh, don't tell the story editors. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn has decided that Miss First Delicious is the winner of the week. She wins $5,000 courtesy of Snag Tights. Um, come on, glue gun girls. Giselle and Jada are safe, leaving Vivian and Kimmy at the bottom. Do you agree? Um, yes, I do agree in terms of how things panned out over all three categories. I agree. The song is Control-Alt-Delete by Reve. Um, I was like, who, what, where, and why? What's going on? Who is this? What is this? Once the track started, it was going to be Dance vs. Camp, where the lack of respect for Campy Queens was going to be loud and proud once again. Uh, Vivian is just not a sublime girl, but she's a good lip syncer. She knew the words. Kimmy just had the vibe of the song. Um, but also, how many more times are we going to put you in the bottom or the or low? Track record alone, she should have been eliminated. But um, again, with what Kimmy revealed in this episode, it was not going to happen. Yeah, no, the writing on the wall as soon as that music cued was was towards Kimmy being able to stay. Also, we got a little side-by-side moment. More of this from the editors, all the seasons, all around the world. Please do yes, this more. Please. Let me see the full lip sync. Yeah, don't do not do the cutaways. They're not cute. In the end, Brooklyn hates camp. Vivian is gone and joins the legendary list of fifth placers that include Katya, Benda LaCreme, Ms. Cracker, Jackie Cox, just to name a few. Fan favorite campy queens who don't get their dues in the finale. Um... Didn't align with my vision board either, Vivian. So I'm going to ask, where's Priyanka? Can she replace Brooklyn? Mm-hmm. Did the right person go home? Um, by the lip sync, yes. By the competition, no. I fully think yeah. it was time to go home. I agree. All right, I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast. What is Vivian's legacy? Vivian's legacy is wit, being clever, and staying true to herself, which is a camp queen. And I respect it. She'll be back. I don't know what version of the show she'll be back. Yeah, she will. We're skipping the reunion, heading straight to the finale. Will it come down to the finale episode performance? Or are we going to f- see a winner based on overall season performance? I don't know. I'm hoping so, because I think Giselle would be a shoe in for that crown. I agree. So let's ask it after eight episodes. The winner of the season is... Giselle Lullaby. Give it to French Canadian. I'm here for it. Um, I, I very much agree. I think Giselle has proven all season long she is a damn good drag artist. Um, I'm going to say it simply by design challenges alone and certain other challenges. Kimmy Jada are out of it for me. Yes. If Miss Fierce Delicious were to win, it would be one of the first antagonists to win the show in yeah. a very long time. I'm not going to say is. villain. She's no, an antagonist. Um, it would melt brains, but I just, she's a good character. She's an all-star. She's not a winner. I agree. Very, very much so. All right. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you got to plug? Because you got some good ones. Yes. You can find me on socials at the Antonio Amor, T-H-E, Antonio like Banderas, A-M-O-R, Spanish word for love. 
Um, that's going to be my Instagram. That's going to be Venmo. That's going to be Cash App. And uh, exciting projects coming up uh, Saturday or yeah, Saturday the 10th, I will be doing a books and burlesque uh, show at Caveat. Sunday evening, 9.15, I will be performing at Bushwig on the main stage. Very exciting. Uh, next Thursday, um, I will be performing at Fuego at Playhouse with Pixie Aventura. Um, and then lots of spooky Halloween events that will be announced very, very soon that I hope to find everyone partying and having a good time with me. And by 9.15, you really mean probably like after 10, depending on how slow the day goes. Yeah, we'll see. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Bushwig is crazy. Well, congratulations on all the amazing things in your life. And thank you for being here, as always. Thank you so much for having me. The biggest thanks to Antonio for coming on. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.